Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. As I continue to preach in the series, The Discipline That Jesus Christ Expects of his disciples. This is part 10, part 9 for some reason uh, was the top sermon and podcast of the week. As you know by the grace of God I preach every day. Uh, But this one, for some reason, part nine of this series, uh, struck a chord. The Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign Day 2011-2011, since January the 20th, 2017. Day 2,396, since January the 1st. 2016. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52. And I do believe we read more last week for context purposes. Verse 51 says, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? Talking about all of the parables he hit them with, one after another. They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore, Every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would give me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, your freedom, and your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, Holy Father God, pardon me, I do praise you and I do thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy towards such wretched people as we are. I praise you and I thank you before your throne of grace for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your right 
hand. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Ghost, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years, Lord, as you know, it is a divine miracle of yours that I'm standing here before you tonight and before people around the world. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, I pray Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. And for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved and born again by your grace, help us to be humble about that and thankful. And for Jesus Christ's sake, at the same time before your throne of grace, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures in word, thought, deed, attitude, and in spirit. If we have grieved your Holy Spirit in any way, Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us of our sins. Crush and crucify our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh within us, the old man within us, and Lord, fill us afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And put a God at our hearts, our minds, tongues, attitudes, and temperaments that we would not sin against you. And uh, Lord, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right. Deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Lord, we pray that you would place upon us tonight the whole armor of God as we are constantly under satanic attack. For by your grace we are constantly praying and preaching your word. Not perfectly, but Lord, we thank you for allowing us and giving us a mind to be on the firing line and to not give in and to not give up. And so, Holy Father God, we pray with David as we heard from him today that, Lord, you would thwart the demonic plans of our persecutors, be they family, friends, or foes, be they Judases or Demases or demons. We pray that you would stop their demonic plans cold and uh, stop them from trying to hinder your gospel that is going forward, your word that is being preached. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts from us. 
We pray that you'll help us, those of us who are born again and saved by your grace. And we say that very humbly. We do not say that uh, like we are somehow better than, than the religious and lost sinners or irreligious and lost sinners. We pray for their salvation. And Lord, we pray, however, that you will help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick for the comfort of the grieving Lord in this country and around the globe in our communities in our churches in our families and in our lives Lord we know that you're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance those who are hurting and mourning Lord draw them to yourself those who are religious and proud and lost Lord, open their blinded eyes. Help them to lay aside their pride, including my wife, Marika White, who is with me tonight after 34 years and after, by your grace, with your help, raising seven children. Most of them have graduated from college and they all are doing well by your grace. And we still, I still pray for uh, some of them, for none of us have all, uh, none of us have children who are perfect. And so, Lord, those who are struggling with temptation, evil, sin, uh, the Judas spirit, whatever the case, Lord, uh, I pray that they will remember what they have been taught from your holy word and that they would do your Holy Word, be led by your Holy Spirit to uh, do the first works and get back to you their first love. Thank you for those who are serving faithfully and uh, supporting this ministry faithfully in various and sundry ways, Lord, and what a blessing that has been. But the devil is mad at me for leading uh, my family down this path and so the devil now is mad at them who are of age who have stood with me through thick and thin and so the, the devil is not only fighting me now but he's fighting my children through devils in the church and devils in the family trying to turn them aside from you and your holy word and what they were taught growing up and how they served you every day growing up. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, place upon them the whole armor of God. Uh, that is, Danny, Daniel, uh, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Ezekiel, and Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quasi as well. Place upon them all the whole armor of God. Lord, uh, help them to learn or rather help them to remember to separate themselves from those who are evil for evil communications, corrupt good manners, and uh, 
uh, none of these children have had uh, the love of a mother and so they some of them are searching for the love of a mother and uh, that's a very dangerous thing uh, just like the children out there in the world who are searching for the love of a father uh, that's a dangerous thing because they fall into the hands of wicked evil and ungodly people uh, even daughters can fall into the hands of evil women who want to mother them and tap into their vulnerability and uh, their lack of security because of a not having a loving caring mother in their lives even though she was in the home and Lord I pray that they will go past that and be a mother and that my sons would be what they should be uh, as fathers to do as their father did and took the bad household situation at home where mama ran everything and ran over uh, my father and then you miraculously mercifully made me to be a father uh, to thousands of folks all around the globe young people and telling them what my father didn't tell me and uh, what my mother didn't tell me uh, in letters to young black men and letters to young black women which I do not mention much and so Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Thank you for giving me the transparency and the humility to pray about these things publicly now after 34 years behind the scenes. And uh, Lord, I pray for the salvation of my mother-in-law and her, my wife's two aunts and all of her family members who may be religious but lost. I pray for my own mother and my two sisters uh, and I know all of them are mad at me uh, not only because I am praying for their salvation uh, because they must be religious and lost for their ruling over men and have ruled over men all of their lives especially my mother and that uh, needs to stop and uh, my dad may have allowed them to do that but he didn't know uh, any better from the word he was not taught that and he was under the thumb of my mother for all of their marriage she was over him as he has admitted and she admitted and so therefore she maneuvered and was over him in the church and just did what she wanted to do and it's been a mess ever since for it is out of order and what you have taught me is that saved people, they may not be obedient in the beginning 100%, but after a while, by and by, once you get a hold of them and chastise them and rebuke them, they will learn to obey your holy word because they will learn to fear you. And so, Lord, 
you have shown me very clearly, and not only me, others, and I'm so thankful that other pastors are speaking up, that one of the problems we have in the church is that people are just not born again. They're just not saved, even in our families that we call Christian. So many of us have the Adams family at the house and the Brady Bunch at home. Uh, and so that makes us to be hypocrites and phonies and fakes, trying to put on a front. And it's just not that way, and everybody knows it. And I praise you and I thank you that true men of God are rising up. And some men who contributed to the problem are rising up and saying, No, we can't go this way anymore. We need to do it the Bible way. Doesn't matter how the women feel about it. Doesn't matter how the effeminate men feel about it. Uh, we, we, we have to do it God's way or we're going to be destroyed completely. So thank you, Lord, for raising up men of God, pastors, uh, who, are, who probably were troubled about what was going on before uh, you led me to preach on it. Uh, every day uh, and uh, but didn't know how to get out of it but they're doing it now and I thank you for touching their hearts to do that major publications that didn't touch touch this for years are touching it today and so Lord we praise you and thank you for what you're doing and we pray that it would continue in the hearts and minds and lives of your truly called servants. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight, we pray for the salvation of the religious and the lost, the irreligious, red, yellow, black, and white, across this country and around the globe. Uh, and Holy Father God, uh, we also pray that, Lord, you would indeed, for those of us, Lord, who are saved, uh, give us a heart and mind to pray without ceasing and to pray always. For you have taught us yourself that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to quit. For Lord, you have proven to show up and to show out right at the right time, in the nick of time, thwarting the plans of the devil and the devil's people and the deceived people. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you lift our burdens for those of us who are saved, cares, worries, and anxieties troubles, problems, and fears, and uh, fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity, and tranquility of mind and heart. For without it, Lord, none of us can be at rest and at peace. I thank you, Lord, by your grace, I've never had to take any uh, so-called sleeping pills. And I pray that all of your people who are born again and saved will stop 
taking such things, sleeping pills and uh, other drugs uh, that they say relax their minds, uh, but to get back on their knees and pray before they go to bed at night, pray when they wake up in the morning, and then pray and march on praying without ceasing throughout the day and uh, have that to be their tranquilizer uh, for it is the best in the world because it comes directly from you and Holy Father God uh, a good glass of wine does not even relax a person like prayer to you does and that's where the power is in and through prayer and so, Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would uh, indeed help us all who are saved and uh, help us to truly understand the importance of confessing our sins and repenting of our sins and doing right by you and obeying you in the system of grace. And Lord God in heaven, I do pray that you will uh, deliver us tonight, each and every one of us, who have these things that we have to deal with. De uh, deliver us from distresses and afflictions, cares and worries, tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions tonight as some of us approach getting in the bed. And Holy Father God, we also pray that you deliver us from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family and financial, unnecessary legal, student loan debt, student progress problems for our young people. Help them to sail on by your grace and see what the end is going to be and help them to have the toughness to march on and to get themselves squared away educationally for along with salvation uh, it will give them a good foundation but as the old black grandmothers and mothers used to say at the HBCUs of America Education without salvation is damnation. And that is a very true statement. And Lord, we pray that you'll help the young people to remember that. And salvation meaning not only being saved from hell, but not living in hell and uh, raising hell and doing hellacious acts. Uh, because that will bring down hell upon their heads in this life and in the life to come if they are truly not saved. So Lord, help them to understand what salvation truly means. It means salvation from sin and then from the punishment of sin. Uh, and so Lord, help them to truly believe in you and not just in religion. Help them to get away from family members and friends who are evil as the devil and uh, and help them to look back at where they left you to follow evil and devilish family members and friends 
who have caused them to harm themselves and harm their relationship with the best people in their lives who truly love them. And so, Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight. We thank you for taking this simple message and uh, evidently impacting many lives from the uh, part nine. I pray that you do the same with part ten, but we can't do it however you can. And I do pray, uh, Lord, tonight that you'll bless and protect all of my family. Uh, especially all of my children and I pray the same prayer protection for all Christians and their families and especially their children for they are under serious attack a withering attack from the devil from the demonic homosexual political church uh, family pressure that they are under to follow this satanic and devilish way of life which leads to hell and Lord we pray that you would surround them with your protection a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire and bring them through and Lord help them to learn their lessons for it seems to me that they are under more attack than we were under during their age, even though we we uh, had our attacks as well. And so, Lord, I pray that you will uh, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us tonight the whole armor of God. Surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And Holy Father God, at the same time, Lord, uh, your servant, Dr. Tony Evans, went through it. The darkest time of his life, he and his family. And so, Lord, we're no better than Dr. Tony Evans and his family, and we're no worse. And so prepare us all for good days and bad days. Prepare us all, Lord, for celebrations and tragedies. And Lord, I thank you for giving me more celebration times than tragedies in my life. And Lord, I thank God for those celebration moments. Oh, what fun we have had. And then, Lord, in my life, you will every day give me a reason to celebrate. And then, Lord, prepare us for weddings and funerals, and both of those can be sad occasions, as well as uh, the weddings can be festive, exciting occasions. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would prepare us for life and death by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Word. And Lord, help other preachers to stand flat-footed at their desk, in their office, or in the pulpit, or at home, and deliver some kind of message uh, that contains the gospel 
and contains edification as we're going to preach on tonight every day and Lord uh, help the people who are bored with this kind of service where I spend nearly half of the time praying to understand that in the words of Mrs. Ruby Gooding this is a praying time and uh, we we need to stop playing stop straying and start playing and get rid of the uh, regular services that are all wrapped up in uh, tightly uh, woven little packages that we deliver to people and help us to come and spend time before your throne as I've encouraged these people for years to pray themselves and don't just listen to me pray but to pray themselves they will never 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 enjoy these simple services if they don't pray themselves they will never get a blessing they will never get any help if they don't pray themselves for this is a praying time if there ever was one and this is a preaching time in season and out of season for all of your God called preachers thank you Lord for winnowing out the false preachers the fake preachers the hiring preachers in the words of Kenny Rogers, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. But Lord, we thank you for the 40 to 30 percent who are still on the firing line, called by you, have not even thought about quitting, can't quit, don't know how to quit. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for your remnant preachers. We thank you, Lord, for your 7,000 preachers. We thank you, Lord, for your faithful few preachers who are still, as they used to say, shucking the corn. And we give you the glory, praise, and honor. Lord, receive all glory, praise, and honor in your name, I mean, to yourself, and lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for we're not worthy to even give you the praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, the discipline, the discipline that Jesus Christ expects of his disciples, part 10. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Warren Worsby who is now home with the Lord said discipleship is a daily discipline. A daily discipline. You see, some of us think that we're going to be swept up into heaven on flowery beds of ease and no Christian has done that <laughs> not one it's a daily thing you see that's 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 something that some of you don't like you have to die daily 
you have to pray daily. You have to allow God to cruci crucify, cruci crucify your flesh daily. You have to humble yourself daily. You have to avoid temptation and resist temptation daily. And what has happened to some of you is that you're tired of fighting. And, and, and as I say to husbands who are in a tough marriage, don't get tired. You can't, you can't, you can't get tired. Uh, I mean, you can be tired, but you can't get tired to the point where you don't want to fight anymore and deal with the situation at hand. Uh, there are battles that you have to win as a man. And uh, you can be tired and rest a while, but don't quit. Uh, this is why Jesus Christ gave a parable to this end, to this purpose, and to this aim, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't quit. Don't get tired like that. And God will give you grace if you do what he tells you to do. God will give you strength to fight on for another day. But you want strength for seven days. You want strength for a month. You want strength for a year so that you can conquer and know that you're going to conquer. But it's a daily thing, see. And that's what some of you don't like. We follow Jesus a step at a time. And, and, and you don't like that. A step at a time. A day at a time. And it's a process. My beloved that you have to uh, go through. the discipline that Jesus expects of his disciples. Where you in your flesh might want to be footloose and fancy free, and we have so many uh, church folks who want to be that today. Well, I don't think the footloose and fancy free uh, concept goes well with discipleship and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And by the way, when you go on vacation, you're still a Christian. Huh? I, I can't hear anybody. Uh, when you're with certain people, you're still a Christian. And you can try to act like you're not one. See, if you're truly born again, you can be bamboozled by the devil and try to act like you're not one and try to fit in and be cool with the devils and the lost people, but they know that you're different. They know it. Make no mistake about it. See? You understand what I just said? You can go to the club you can go downtown to your little devilish concerts with your friends who are ugly acting devilish you know god does not like ugly and but they can tell there's something different about you and they want to try try to drag you down low 
And they want to see you hurt and messed over like they have been. And, but you're one of those who you have to learn the hard way. You have to learn things the hard way. And when you learn things the hard way and you get all messed up in your life, then the people you used to love you hate. And you don't want to talk to them anymore because you don't want to have to reveal the evil that you have done and, and how that you got tricked and bamboozled. You, you, move, you go away from the church instead of back to the church. You adopt a demonic attitude towards the church. And some of you people are angry at God over the coronavirus plague. Instead of getting better, you are becoming bitter. And angry. And frustrated. Because life is not going the way you want it to go. I didn't think this was Christianity. I heard from the big time preachers that we're supposed to experience prosperity, including not having trouble in our lives, and everything is supposed to go swimmingly and wonderfully. I never expected this. I hate that old prophet Daniel, Daniel White the third. I hate him. He's the one who's caused all this. I haven't caused anything. I just told you and warned you that it was coming because we were cutting the fool, acting foolish in the church. Marginalizing God, pushing God to the periphery at a very fast pace. And because God is loving and gracious, you thought he was going to let you keep doing that. Mm -mm. And it takes him a while to lay the boom down on you, but he's going to lay the boom down on you after a while, by and by. That's what he's doing right now. And now you're mad because it's taking so long. The chastisement and the rebuke, the coronavirus plague won't go away. Now we got the monkeypox, and I'm halfway, even though in the church, halfway in the church, and halfway in the homosexual community as well, and uh, I'm, I may get the monkeypox now based upon what I've been doing. A man sucking on another man's penis, drinking his urine, taking another man's penis in his anus, and eating his doo-doo. That's what the homosexuals, the nasty homosexuals do. And all of those things right there, don't turn, don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. You know what you've been doing. And some of you know what they do because they done told you and try to, by, by trying to get you in it. You better thank God you have not touched it. Unless you get the coronavirus and the monkeypox at the same time. Okay? And, and so don't go anywhere. You've seen it. You watch it on uh, your pornography channel. Your foot almost slipped into it yourself. 
and you're halfway in the church and halfway in the homosexual community, you've done a little bit in the church, you've done a little bit in the homosexual community, you say, preacher, you ought not to say these things in, in uh, uh, mixed company like this, where the children can hear it. Well, let me tell you something in case you don't know. Your children are hearing it at school. Not only from their peers, as it used to be, they're hearing it from the teachers. And the teachers are getting mad because you they, you won't let them, you mad at them now for telling your child about homosexuality and got books in the library that they read on doing exactly what I just told you that they're doing. See? Now you must understand the homosexuals already have a plague on them called AIDS which has not gone anywhere after all of these years. How many years has it been? 30 years? How long? How long? 30 years? Over 30 years? Billions of dollars have been raised to get rid of it and it's still here. People are still getting sick from it and people are still dying of it. And but, but see but, but see people these people persisted and the church let them persist. The closet that they were in, many pastors and church opened the door, y'all come on out now. The politicians uh, did the same thing. Come on out now, you homosexual, you devils. Come on out. President Obama, Supreme Court. But now they're saying, who let the dogs out? That's what government officials are saying now. That's what the Supreme Court is saying now. That's what some of you pastors who were all for it and got paid to uh, make it go. That's what you're saying now. Who let the dogs and the animals and the devils and the demons of hell out? Because look at the mess you have caused, you have made. You see, in God's economy, it is up to the preachers and the church and the government and the traditional family, the three institutions of God to hold the tide against the evil while we preach the gospel to the lost. So there was a major failure. The walls didn't hold. The tidal wave just came on in. The tidal wave of what? The tidal wave of homosexuality, so-called homosexual marriage, which Lot never heard of. Nobody said the homosexuals were married in Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody, nobody even thought about that. We're more wicked. Our government and our churches today and people today are more wicked than the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. You wonder why we are catching uh, the punishment and chastisement and rebuke of God like we're catching it? And it's getting worse and worse. You can say what you want. This is a different kind of heat up here in Texas than I'm used to. You can say what you please. This is a punishing heat designed to punish you in the morning 
to punish you in the afternoon and to punish you at night while you sleep. Now when you have the air conditioner on and a fan blowing on your buddy, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I said you're in trouble. And may God help you if you don't have any air conditioning. May God help you. This is hell from the top side. And, and, it's, and it's pervasive across the country of America. And Texas and California and New Mexico are burning up. Europe is burning up. Great Britain is burning up. Hmm? So, uh, it's time for Christians to practice discipline and become true disciples. Again, by the grace of God, we need, the, we need uh, to, in other words, what? Get back to our first love. I may pull up the, I may pull up Andre Crouch, they, some people are funny about their music. They'll charge you something, do something to you, and tell Facebook on you, whatever. Take me back. I used to hear that back in the early 70s. Uh, that, that was some good gospel music where you can understand the word. Let me tell you something about the gospel and gospel singing and gospel music and gospel preaching. If you can't understand the words, that's not good. It's got to be clear. It's got to be clear and, and we don't need for you to make up words while you're singing <coughs> or preaching. It needs to be clear. Clear. That's where the power is as far as getting people saved. But anyway, my beloved, in our last message, we saw that as Christ's disciples, we must do the truth, not only preach the truth, not only hear the truth, but do the truth. I, I believe that this is the reason why number nine in this series has been so popular <coughs> with people across the nation and around the globe, pardon me, because it, it gets down to where the rubber meets the road and where people understand at this point and in, uh, at this junction with the coronavirus plague and all of the chastisements that are coming down upon us that some, somewhere along the way we have lost our way in the matter of doing the main thing and that is to obey God not just hear about God not just shout about God not just sing about God not just run around the church for God not walk down the aisle with an envelope that has one dollar in it in a promissory note the devil is a lie just going down there to show you behind and show your physique and, and, and just trying to be seen and trying to get the hook up at the church house for some Sunday afternoon sex so you can 
be in mourning and filled with guilt all week long and so that uh, you can roll around to Sunday again and get shouted out of the church again so that you can have some more Sunday evening sex. The devil is a lie. Yeah, I mean, even people who are lost know you can't do that. Christian people ought to have the discipline to obey God by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. If we only read the Bible and hear the Bible preached but never obey the Bible, we could very well be deceiving ourselves into thinking that we are true Christians when in fact we are not even saved. And that's what we have seen over the past 30 to 40, maybe 50 years. And see, watch this, in the old time black church cannot be uh, criticized as much as it used to be and, and, and we not criticize the old white church who let people, black people, die and go to hell because they were black. Now that's some, that's some, Dr. Tony Evans and Dr. Russell Moore, I'm not going to say it, because I know you guys love me and you, you don't want me to say these things. But that's a mess, to let folks go to hell because they're black. And I look back and wonder how we got over. Because not uh, the, the, the white churches who claim to have had the gospel and had the fundamentals of the faith uh, and uh, knew how to go soul winning, knew how to witness, knew how to tell people about Jesus pass by the black communities and let James City go to hell. Uh, James City, that's down in the cut where we had dirt roads. And when the hurricanes came, we were flooded out and had to wade in the water up out of the cut <clears throat> where the black folks live on the other side of the rail road and across the highway from Combo's. Combo's was the white store who tolerated us coming in. We didn't know it, but uh, uh, we didn't care because he had the best pickles, the best uh, pig feet that was in the jar, so yes, and Shasta soda, grape. Oh man, what, you, what are you talking about? Oh, we went to Combo. Now we couldn't get over that big highway to get to Combo. We stopped by Annie's. And we would always stop by Annie's. She, she was the black store on the black side of town. And the only people who came and witnessed to us were the Jehovah's Witness. Shame on the Southern Baptist Church. Shame on the uh, Independent Baptist Church. Shame on the United Methodist Church. You, you never came to get us. You never knocked on our doors. We would have welcomed you in. And, 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 and we would have been led to the Lord earlier. And we cannot blame and criticize the old traditional black church like we used to.
where the preachers were so ignorant, all they did was hoop and holler. You wonder why I talk to you like this? I preach. I'm preaching. I'm not lecturing. I've been preaching like this ever ever since I, God called me to preach over 42 years ago. Because God made it. God made it clear to me, son. I want you to be clear. Clarity is important. I don't want you to sing and dance. I don't want you to put on a show. You're not a minstrel. You're a minister of the gospel. I don't want you to take the mic and, and try to shout people out emotionally. That does not help them eternally. He made that clear to me. And the churches and the preachers that, that appealed to me were, were people, white and black, a few, only a few black back in those days, who stood behind the pulpit flat-footed and delivered the word of God clearly from the Bible. That turned me on real good in the Christian faith. In fact, one of my favorite preachers who helped lead me to the Lord, he was the one who uh, helped to plant a black church. Yes, it was a separate but equal situation. You say, aren't you angry about that? No, I'm not angry about anything. I thank God I got saved. A man named Bill Riddick, you know he's white? Deep south, deep south Mississippi. You can't get any deeper in Mississippi than Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And he had a twang. But I loved to hear him preach. He was shucking the corn. I understood what he said. It fed my soul. I, don't, I didn't care whether or not he was white. It didn't bother me. Uh -uh. So white people had a hand in leading me to Jesus. So how can I be mad at white folks? I'm not mad. But some of them didn't do like Bill Riddick. Bill Riddick was convicted by God. And he lost members. Because I was one of the first black folk to get baptized in their beautiful white baptismal pool. You said, I thought you got baptized in the black church when you were 12 years old. I did. I went down a dry center and came up a wet center just as lost as Hogan's goat. Lost as a goose in the Kentucky Derby. Lost as Jesse Jackson in a KKK meeting. Just lost. Hear me? I was not saved, and I knew I was not saved. And I believe tonight, you know whether or not you're saved. Because God does not play games. There's something troubling you right now, and you know that you're not saved. You have been baptized, you have been dipped, you have been dunked, you have been sprinkled. You've gone down to the mourner's bench, you've gone down to the altar, you took the chair when the preacher said the doors of the church are open. And you didn't know the doors of the church were open for over 2,000 years. They were talking about church membership. They want another member. They want another dues payer. That's what they used to call it back in the day. Dues. Sometimes my mother Timmy would give me some dues and put it, wrap it up. I don't know what it is with black folk back in those days who had, they had a thing about handkerchiefs. And they would put their money in the handkerchief and do Sonny, uh, uh, grand boy, Danny boy, what they call me. Uh, go take that, take that up to the church for me today. I'm not going today. These are my dues. D-U-E-S.
They didn't know any better. I never heard the gospel in any of the church, five or six churches that we were raised up in. I never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because they didn't know it. You know why? The white folks who used to own them didn't tell them anything. Very few black people fully understood that. And for the most part, they got it from the white folks. They got the truth from the white folks. The gospel from the white folks. For the most part. I know you don't like it, but it's true. I thank God I got stationed at Keesler Air Force Base when I did, when God was working on this old white man's heart. He told the church, we're not going to continue to not let black folks in this church, and we're going to let them get baptized here. They, the folks almost had a heart attack. I believe one of the two of them did have a heart attack. <laughs> but Dr. Bill Riddick, he was not a doctor at the time. And you know who gave him his doctorate? Some black folks. Because God had changed his heart. Dr. Bill Riddick probably was a KKK member. But God saved his soul. He was down for the cause at one time. But God saved his soul. Jesus came in. And I heard some of the greatest messages in my life. In that old white church. down in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, right on the highway. You walk a few yards, you'll be in the water. Or in the water. Wait in the water. I got baptized down there. My life has never been the same. I got saved down there, and my life has never, never, never been the same. Third, we must teach. Once we learn, once we hear, once we start doing, amen. Huh? Don't be trying to teach. Listen to me. Don't be trying to teach other people. You're not doing anything. You're not doing what you know. By the way, God is going to hold you up on that. God taught me this a long time ago when I was a young Christian. Basically, God said to me, you can read the Bible all you want to. <laughs> I want you to read the Bible, but you can read it all you want to. If you don't do what's in it, you're not going to learn it. You're not going. You're not going to get it. You understand me? Now, I mean, God basically told me that. He made that clear to me. God will tell you some things while He's raising you up in Him. And God made that clear to me. I tell you the truth, and I lie not. He said, now "You can. I mean, you can read the Bible all you want." I know you're big on the navigators right now and memorizing the Word of God. You got your little cards and you got a, a, a Ryrie study Bible. You got a Schofield study Bible. And I, that's all good. But I want you to know, son, if you don't do it, you won't grow. And you will not get the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that you want to try to get. Because I don't roll like that. It's, it's all about read, learn, and do. Hear the preaching and do. You don't do the doing part, you're not going to do the growing part. In other words, he made it clear to me, if you don't give out, if you don't witness, tell folks about Jesus, pray like you're supposed to, 
be obedient to what you know, you can't grow. And I believe God has told all Christians that who are born again. Do you have people in your family, people in your life that you know? They read the Bible all the time. You see them reading the Bible all the time. They got notes. They got cards falling out of their Bible. Uh, yellow pens and all that. And they never grow. They're just as mean as a junkyard dog. Huh? You got four like They're probably lost and on their way to hell. Or they might be saved and refusing to obey God's word. But after a long period of time, you should know whether or not they're saved. Because after a while, saved people will start doing because God has taught them to do. And God has taught them to fear Him. So thirdly, once we have heard, once we have read, uh, amen, it's time to teach others. And you need to get busy doing that. If you have learned, you have heard it, and you have learned it, and you're doing it yourself, God expects you to teach others. Very much so. That's why I'm telling God called pastors, if you're healthy enough, enough, especially you younger pastors, you ought to be preaching every day. This is the time to preach every day, and God has given you the tools to do so. You don't know how many millions you may reach. And if you get on different platforms, uh, you, you, you're going you're gonna to reach many more people. God has provided a powerful way for you to preach the gospel live and on demand. I said it this morning and I want to say it again to you preachers. Now you're really preaching when you're preaching live. You can tape, there's some preachers who just tape, they, you know, they want to edit it and make it perfect and that's fine. But I think you need to do both. Preach live. You're going to get more people to come and hear you live than a video. We have both things going. Now we do have a video system coming out of one of our coming out of a website that's on multiple sites. And my son told me last night uh, it was like nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand and nine hundred and sixty-seven, something like that. And I don't know if that has been three months or six months or what. But that's, that's a video that is constantly playing on several sites. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. It never stops. You go to the site, you see me preaching. Mid-sentence, just preaching. And then we have a system that is live only. And that is on multiple sites. And I want to encourage every preacher before... Now, Facebook is probably not going to take you off. They can. They probably will not. But Twitter will take you off in a heartbeat. But since they're in the mess, they're in the day, they may not even do it either. Uh, Instagram, they... they they probably won't. They're part of Facebook. But there are some social media companies that will threaten you. 
YouTube will threaten you and, and to take you off uh, or they'll take you off so uh, and, and, and especially people like me they ought not to take you off as a pastor because you have a different calling and a different spirit uh, and that's, that's good use it for the glory of God and you need to do what, we're, what I'm getting ready to preach. Preach the gospel to the sinners and preach something edifying, building up the saints. So after we learn the truth and as we obey the truth, we should teach and preach the truth to others. And see, God has to get you to that point. Now, if you're still down here in and out of adultery and fornication, and this is why I have told respectfully and lovingly Dr. T.D. Jakes and Dr. Joel Osteen, I'm so glad to hear that the young man, John Gray, is feeling better. But both of these men need to fly up there and get his family set things in order in the church the church can go on without John Gray and probably better to be quite frank with you and take him back down to Texas get him set up he has his own money they don't have to pay give him any money they might have to give him a, something a little bit but he's he's got enough money to get back into his old house or buy another house or whatever and stay there for two to three years under their leadership. One of them, whoever considers himself his pastor. Personally, I believe uh, T.D. Jakes can help him the most and can restrict him better than Joel Osteen, and they need to do that. Because if you still as a young man and you claim to be a saved and a preacher and you're still sowing your wild oats and you're still getting caught up in adultery and fornication and this that and the other and then you're talking about you're suicidal and talking about you're not well well I believe you're not well and so therefore uh, you need to sit down John Gray needs to sit down I love John Gray just like you do uh, he's a lovable person, a gifted person, and a charismatic person. And then I told Dr. T.D. Jakes and Dr. Joel Osteen that some men can shine better as the second man, not the first man. He might be one of them. He can't handle that rarefied air up there. If you're doing all of that, something is wrong somewhere. It's one thing to fall one time, maybe twice, and then by the grace of God get back up. And never to fall like that again because God does not play that. And so, uh, uh, and the church will do fine without him. The church will do better without him if you put somebody in there, maybe from one of your churches, who's a sound Bible preacher and teacher who's living a sound life. And, and then after he comes 
uh, out of a Nebuchadnezzar type situation, uh, then you can give it back to him if that's what the Lord wants. But it might be better for him to stay under somebody. He, he's such a charismatic, gifted person, he needs to be under somebody who is more charismatic and more gifted and more powerful than he is. T.D. Jakes is one. Joel Osteen is another. Well, some people even call him Baby Jakes, you know. And he just needs the love of a pastor, of a father, of a mother, like Sarah Jakes, and the love of the people, which he can get that there. And it's, but sit down, don't do any ministry. He's gonna, he's gonna want to because it's in him. But sit down for a while, and rest a while. Get yourself together with God. Uh, we all have to do that. Some pastors are wise enough to sit themselves down. Sit down. Sit down for a while. Rest a while. Get your head right with God. Get your mind right with God. And God, God and, and stay away out of the ministry. Don't be in the ministry. Don't be trying to be seen. Sit down somewhere and be seen by God. And let God deal with you. Get things right with your amazing wife, Aventar. You don't have to become the Avenger, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let her stay a Ventar. Because she has really, she has done you well, son. Well, since this thing you did, you got sick and all that. She, she has carried things well. She represented you well. I am so proud of her. I'm proud of her. Because you did her wrong, but yet she has shown herself to be a mature woman who can handle the business. Now she's ready, but you're not ready, so you need to go sit down, and I want uh, T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen to send a crew of people, some big muscle men, to help you pack your stuff up and go get out of there, out of Greenville, and out of Atlanta too. Let somebody else run that. And so that you can grow into a lion. You were talking about uh, you know, you're going to have a ministry, a new ministry called When Lions Gather. That's not happening right now. If you try to do that, it's going to be like kittens gathering. You hear me? <laughs> and I know some of you all are listening, but that's the truth. You got to, you got to be. That video uh, is something, and you need to take that seriously, all of you. Thank God that God heard your wife's prayers and the prayers of others. And I say again, she carried herself like a pro. Aventar carried herself like a pro through that mess. And through the mess and through your being sick. I'm not calling that the mess, but the mess you did. And all the stuff you're doing and did. Okay, young man, take a break. You're young enough to do it. Don't listen to these people who keep on going. No. When you mess up like that, you need to sit down a while. And take that sickness as a warning that God will take you out of here if you keep on. Do you hear me? Hear me well, brother. Hear me well, 
You persist in your sin like that, messing around with women, and you can't handle yourself and handle your business like that right there, and you got a wife standing up with for you like that. Son, God will take you out of here so fast and make your head spin. Okay? So you need to stop while you can. And you need to really go and convalesce or get some rest. And Anyway, with whatever you, you, you had that almost took you out of here. And I love you. I ain't, ain't mad at you. <coughs> and so, beloved, after Jesus <coughs> taught the disciples... They turned around and taught others. And that's what you need to be engaged in doing. If you have learned the word and you have learned it well enough to obey it, if you're not obeying it, go sit down somewhere and learn and listen and grow. Become strong like a lion and then go back and teach and preach. Right now you can't, you can't handle it. If you're not obeying it. You hear what I'm saying to you? You can't teach if you have not learned anything. And you can't teach if you have not. If you're not willing to obey what you've learned. You can't be hearers of the word and not doers. Come on man. Woman. who then taught others, and so on. And that's how God has grown his church, and that's how God has reached people down through the years. I got saved by the grace of God, and then there were brethren who had gotten saved before me. And they not, and we went to church together. We all got saved around the same time, but they got saved before me, Brother Leon. Do you have Brother Leon in your life? Anetify. These are people come from all walks of life. We met up in the Air Force. Brother Ed. Brother Terry. Now they were not really, you know, bona fide preachers at the time. They were preacher boys. That's what they used to call them back in the day. And I cannot, re- I, I, I cannot forget the fellowships that we had together. The little just impromptu uh, gatherings in dorm rooms to read the Bible. Because we all had our Bible back in those days. Huh? You hear me? Oh, we carried our Bibles. See, back in those days, you would go to the, to the, uh, book, the Bible bookstore. Every city, every county had one. And But if you didn't get a real Bible... I'm talking about a Thompson chain, a Schofield, a Ryrie study Bible. Huh? I mean a big Bible. Something you get down with. And then buy you a case for it with a sword on it. Oh man, you weren't you weren't you weren't you weren't the real deal. And, and don't walk up to the brethren. Or let them catch you going somewhere without your sword, because they will call you on it. Where's your sword at, brother? I mean, with a very serious tone. Uh, especially Walter Lake. He didn't play. Uh, where's your sword, brother? He'll come up to you with that little atti- cocky attitude. Where's your sword at, brother? 
not cracking a smile. How was that? What's up with that? Huh? You ashamed of the Lord? <laughs> oh yes, the brothers. You didn't play with the brothers, man. Mm -hmm. I see, brother, your Bible is not as marked up as it should be at this point. What's, what's with that? Huh? You don't read the Bible? Brother Marcus. <laughs> All of the brethren. And we had impromptu Bible studies in between Sunday morning, twice in the morning, and at night, 24 miles one way to the church. We weren't playing. The greatest moments of my life, those early days of being saved. And here I am now preaching the gospel after 43 years, I think it's been, by the grace of God. And God do the same thing with you. And, and God will allow your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding to accumulate so that you can give it to others like that. Whether you have a doctorate from a seminary or university or not, you become a doctor in the Christian community. Because see, the true doctors, they know it. Huh? The, the true PhDs, the universities have that all arranged where the PhDs for real, they got to know it up all up in here. Not, not, they don't have to uh, read a whole bunch of books and quote a whole lot of people. It's all in here. They can write it on the board. Dr. Tony Evans is like that when it comes down to theology. Book and chapter and verse what? You got a, you have a question? Book, chapter, and verse. Not just, not just you know, a uh, 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 summarizing of the scripture that you're talking about. He can quote the scripture, book, chapter, and verse, and tell you where it is. Bam! That's a true doctor when you can do that. Do you understand me? Huh? Mm -mm. No. No, 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 you're not a doctor uh, that you got a piece of paper from a diploma mill down from Andersonville and all of that. No. If you don't know it all up in here, come out like that right there, any time of the day, under the gun, under the camera, in front of the mic, huh? It's got to be real. It's got to be real. But if you put in your time with God and you learn from God and others who are saved and you start obeying it, God will make you a doctor, even though you don't have the paperwork. And all that stuff be coming out of you. Bam, bam, bam. Helping people. Preserving the Christian faith and passing it down from generation to generation. That's what God wants you to do. God wants you to leave a legacy for Him. I'm so proud of 
Crystal and Priscilla, the daughters of Tony Evans, so proud because their mother was a virtuous woman by the grace of God, Lois Evans. And the girls are putting on the conference that she started and, and even in the plague, and I, I have to say it, I, she may not like it when she hears it up in heaven, but they're doing a better job than she did. That's rare. And that's a tribute to God and to a godly father and a godly mother. And it's a beautiful thing. And all four of their children serve the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a God thing. And so I'm very proud of them for carrying on her work and doing it better than she did it. That's how it ought to be too, by the way. That's not a put down. That's a put up. That's her legacy. Got to pass on your legacy for God and for the lifting up of Jesus Christ, my friends. They all have. They have their own ministries, but they they remembering what their mother did and what their mother put down for the glory of God. And so through them, she lives. She's just like she's still here. Glory be to God. The new treasures does not necessarily mean that we need to add new teachings to Christianity, but that we should teach everything that God gave us. And there's a lot. This is one of the reasons why I'm telling preachers, go ahead on and preach every day. Don't wait for you can't listen. Time out for waiting for Wednesday night, man. Uh-uh. You're not hearing God right right now. That's not enough. Your people are confused. Some of them are depressed. Some of them are defeated. Some of them are sad. Some of them are mad at you. Uh, they're mad at me. They're mad at God. They're mad at their family members. And you need to preach the word of God every day to them. Now, as they did in the early church, you're not doing anything great. As they did in the early church. They taught and they preached the word every day. Every preacher. Uh, don't be trying to make all the money in the world. Now it's time out for that. Get into something inexpensive and paid for. So you can stand flat footed and preach. Thus saith the Lord. And teach. Thus saith the Lord. And your bills are paid. Your house is paid for. And, and, and get out of the fancy car that you're paying seven hundred and something dollars for a month, man. Have you lost your righteous mind? And you can buy something with that payment, one payment, two payments, that can get you to Kroger's and to Walmart or wherever you go. You just need to go get some sustenance to come back and preach. Get you some good coffee from Trader Joe's and come back and preach. And you don't need to be having no 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 house note, man. Got people paying the house note. They they barely got money to pay for theirs. You need to focus on preaching, not on cars and houses and lands, and 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 stock market and crypto. 
How you doing, by the way, with crypto? You were so excited about this a few months ago. You don't understand how God works, son. God will shut you down if you're not listening to him. He'll shut it all down. All your dreams, all your crypto, all your stock market. He'll turn the bull upside down on his head. The Wall Street bull. And so, ladies and gentlemen, whether it was written down in the Old Testament or if it was newly revealed to the apostles, you need to teach it and you need to preach it. Preach the word in season and out of season. And some of you pastors have the ability and the knowledge and the education. You can preach one message. Uh, one series from the Old Testament and then another series from the New Testament and just go back and forth. I'm telling you it is needed. People want to hear the word. People need to hear the word. Not every just every Wednesday and every Sunday but every day. And you have the stamina and the strength and God will give you the stamina and the strength to do so. Dr. Hampton Keithley said, it says the householder brings forth out of his treasure things new and old. Now see, Jesus is getting deep here. I mean, he's not trying to get deep. Jesus is deep. See, God, God, is, God does not try to get deep. Jesus does not try to get deep. They are deep. And they say things that will blow your mind. And that's one of the reasons why you need to preach, preacher. There's a whole lot in the Bible like this right here. That blows people's minds. The old is the Old Testament. Expectation of a literal earthly kingdom. Talk about that. The new is the mystery form of the kingdom brought about by the gospel of Jesus Christ that is in existence now in light of Israel's rejection. As citizens of the kingdom, we are to teach both and Andy Stanley, the Old Testament teachings and the New Testament. They cannot possibly be unhitched. Some have thrown out the old teachings. Others deny the new. We see here that we are to teach both and. If the last parable is about the responsibility of evangelism, then this one is about the responsibility of edification. Both and. We need to evangelize. And that's what God called me to do. But God has told pastors to do the work of an evangelist. But the bulk of their calling is to edify the people of God. Both need to be done. God has never told me as an evangelist to uh, do the work of a pastor, but I have done so. And, be quite, and to be quite frank with you, I've done it because some pastors are not doing their job. Particularly when it comes down to babes in Christ, I believe that every pastor and every church 
like the McLean Bible Church used to have under Lon Solomon. I hope they still have it. They had a graded discipleship program. And I think you need to add Christian history that you learn in seminary and in Bible college to that. It will help your church, I believe, and it will help your people. And they will not stray as much because they will understand what they're dealing with, historically speaking. Historically speaking. Edification is about building others up in the faith. And this is important. Right now, folk need to be built up in the faith. How does edification relate to the kingdom? When someone is in the kingdom, they need to be taught how to act in the kingdom. I think that citizens of the kingdom are to act in such a way that they will cause others to want to be part of that kingdom and live in such a way. Christianity today calls it uh, beautiful orthodoxy. If we live according to the ethic of God, loving God and loving others, something that can only be done if we have God's resources as citizens of the kingdom. Building others up, edification, then we will be salt and light, as I am preaching in another series. Others will be attracted to what we have if we relate it back to the first parable of the sower. Some may receive it with joy, trying to manufacture it on their own, but others will understand, receive the gospel word, and ultimately bear fruit for the glory of God. What God wants you to do is sow the seed of the gospel, and then once people get truly saved, to edify them, to encourage them, to build them up in the faith. And by the way, I've been telling preachers to preach every day, and we need for them to do that. But I am here to tell you, if you're born again, and you are saved, and you have learned the Word of God yourself, and you have obeyed the Word of God, you can teach too. And God has given you the same tools. You don't have to wait on your pastor. You don't have to wait on anybody. Right there from your home, I encourage all Christians who are at that point where they are obeying God, I'm here to tell you it's time to preach and to teach, male and female, young folks and old folks. You think you put aside because of your age? Let somebody uh, give you a podcast kit and you're back in business. You can preach from the Word of God, share your life experiences as a Christian, share your testimony. Break it down in seven pieces and you're back in business and, and people will listen to you. The magic of podcasting.
just podcasting alone, just audio podcasting. God can raise you up to reach thousands of folks with the gospel. And so I'm, I'm telling all people who are saved and born again, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they have learned the word of God. Don't just sit on it. And they have obeyed it. You're living it. It's time for you to preach. It's time for you to teach. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And today you know where the world is? All the world? All the world is online. You do what uh, you're able to do. I can remember when we started podcasting the gospel. I didn't really believe in podcasting at the time. My oldest daughter, Danny, and I, we didn't know what we were doing. But she set it up, did the script. And uh, as they say, the rest is history as millions have heard the gospel and have heard the word with over 50, almost 50 different podcasts being heard around the world. And once they go up, they're up. We've had thousands for some reason this past week to listen to the podcast alone. Not the video, but the podcast alone. Not the live, not the on-demand, not the video systems, but the podcast alone. So let me talk to every last one of you, not only preachers, but husbands and housewives. Let God give you an idea for a podcast. And in any podcast you do, you can share the gospel. Some of you housewives, you, you might want to do a podcast on how to be a good wife. You'll be amazed at how many people are interested in that. And then you share the gospel at the end. And lead them to Christ. Because you know that they can't really be a good wife without having Christ in their lives. And so, my beloved, if you're with us tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ in the free pardon of your sins, please understand with me tonight that you are a sinner. As I am, as the Pope is, as the Dalai Lama is, and even as Joel Osteen is. Yes, even Oprah is a sinner. We're all sinners. For the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Pardon me. Understand secondly that there is a punishment, there is a penalty for sin always. We all know that. Steve Bannon is going to jail because he committed a crime. He did something wrong. He committed a sin. He did evil. That's how the world works. That's how it is. And it is that way in God's economy as well. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, 
We are on death row, every last one of us, and we're going to die. We're going to die because of our sinful nature, and we're going to die because of our sinful choices. And God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful, wonderful wall called earth, he will allow you to go to hell if you reject his son, Jesus Christ. If you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation. If you choose to love darkness and sin and evil more than light, and you do not choose Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will go to hell to burn forever. In the fire that never shall be quenched, Jesus Christ said. And by the way, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. And he wants you to understand that you need to accept the fact that you're on the road to hell as I speak. Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 9 verses 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not in the fire is not quenched. Jesus said, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, fire, hell, fire, hell, fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a very real place. Make no mistake about it. Hell is a bad place. Hell is a sad place. And hell is bad news. But I do have some good news for you if you would receive it. For you know we're all as human beings, sinful human beings, we're strange creatures. We can see something that is good for us and because we are wicked, evil sinners with a sinful nature, we'll reject it. It's the strangest thing. Because of pride, because of stubbornness, because of rebelliousness, because of foolishness, it's the strangest thing. God's grace is amazing. And so, this salvation is a free gift. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said the most wonderful, most loving, and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. Here's how you can be saved from hell. Here's how you can gain your eternal life insurance policy without paying a dime. For it is already paid for through and signed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ if you will.
For Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Dear friend, all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart and in your mind and in your soul and spirit that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is how I got saved. December the 19th, 1979. I shall never forget that date. Pray and ask him to come into your heart. Call upon his name and he will save you. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. And mean it from your heart. For the Bible says in Romans 10.9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You need to believe in him to be saved. Not the preacher. Not the deacon. Not whoever may be your favorite religious leader. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved from hell and saved to heaven. And if you're willing to believe in him and have faith in him and trust in him as your savior and call upon his name, I'm more than willing to lead you in the sinner's prayer. Please repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have sinned against you. And I have broken your Ten Commandments by dishonoring you, by taking your name in vain, by dishonoring my parents, by disobeying them and disrespecting them, by lusting in my heart after people and things, by coveting in my heart what people have, by stealing, by lying, and many other sins, I deserve, and I know I deserve, to go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul, and please forgive me of my sins my failures and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day 
by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life. Lord Jesus Christ, for it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed and meant it from your heart, I say congratulations to you for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. All I can do is preach it to you, and what you need to do is believe it and receive it, and God does the saving. And so based upon his holy word, I believe that you are saved from hell and saved to heaven. And to help you grow in the faith, please read my book free of charge at gospellightsociety.com titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. <clears throat> For Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so, dear friends, if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, please let us know. Email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know so that we can rejoice with you and also send you some more free material to help you to grow in the faith so that you can be the disciple that God wants you to be. The disciple that he wants you to grow in to being or to be. And uh, that will help you uh, to become a strong Christian. Also, if you have a prayer request, please send that in as well, and we will pray for you as you are a part of the family of God until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's uh, close in prayer and then uh, listen to that beautiful song, I'll Fly Away. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help all of us who are saved to practice the discipline that you expect of your disciples. Those who are still growing to that point, Lord, help them to grow and then use them to teach others. Save those who are lost around the world. Revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are lonely and grieving and mourning tonight. 
as only you can. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. God bless you, my dear friends. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. And tomorrow will be the standing and the living. Standing between the living and the dead. Number 800. And I'm going to preserve that until tomorrow night. If the Lord tells us coming, and if he allows me to live, 800 services we'll celebrate tomorrow night. Uh, which started right after the coronavirus plague. And many of you have been with us in many of those services. Some of you, almost all of them. And we thank the Lord for you, for you being a part of the family. Please invite family members, friends, enemies to be with us on tomorrow night. Uh, around 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, Lord willing, we'll see you then. God bless you, dear friends. I'll fly away. I don't know why Jesus loved me.